Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello and welcome to episode number 11 of the Scottish History Podcast. My name is Owen Innes and once again, welcome back. We're continuing on from episode number 10, so if you haven't already listened to episode number 10, uh, I uh, would recommend that you do. Uh, We're talking about Bonnie Prince Charlie at this moment in time. Uh, We got up to the point where Bonnie Prince Charlie has now arrived in Scotland, so we're just going to pick it up from there. Uh, What I should uh, also just quickly add in here at uh, this moment in time is that today is uh, the 6th of April. This is the 700th anniversary of the Declaration of Arbroath, the signing of the Declaration of Arbroath, which I read in full on bonus episode number two. Uh, So if you want to know a little bit about more about what I'm talking about with uh, the Declaration of Arbroath, I do recommend that you go back to the beginning and start from episode one. Um, But if you want to just know what the Declaration of Arbroath is, I recommend you head over to bonus episode number two on your podcast app or head on to YouTube and find it from there. So anyway, here we go, starting with, uh, back with Bonnie Prince Charlie just arriving in Scotland. So when Bonnie Prince Charlie arrives on the De Tully and once it has docked, many unconvinced clan chiefs came to the prince to see him for themselves. They were not convinced in the beginning of success in a further attempt to restore the Stuarts to the throne, but eventually Charles did persuade some to join and in the process got the support of the very influential Cameron of Lochiel. The royal standard of King James VIII of Scotland and Third of England was raised at Glenfinnan at the east end of Lochiel on the morning of the 19th of August 1745. Some of you might have heard of Glenfinnan before. This is probably because the Glenfinnan Viaduct, which is a uh, railway viaduct made entirely from concrete, uh, was used in the film Harry Potter. Uh, This is the Hogwarts Express going across this magnificent bridge. The Glenfinnan Viaduct offers day trippers on the famous Jacobite Express, amazing views of Loch Shiel and, of course, uh, Glenfinnan itself, and of Charlie's monument that stands there today. The Glenfinnan was the agreed assembly point for the clans whom had arranged to join his rebellion. Three hours passed before bagpipes were heard approaching. Cameron of Lochiel and his clansmen were the first to arrive and it was then that the rebellion of 1745 or just the 45 began. Upon hearing of a successful landing in Scotland, George II, King of England, announced a prize of £30,000 for the head of Bonnie Prince Charlie. Charles responded by announcing a prize of the same amount on the Elector of Hanover himself. When the Jacobite army entered Perth on the 4th of September, they were greeted by Lord George Murray, the brother of the Duke of Athol, 
whom thenceforth was named as commander of the army due to his greater military experience. The Jacobite army arrived outside the locked city gates of Edinburgh on the 16th of September and delivered their terms to the garrison in Edinburgh Castle through a messenger. All the while George Murray was trying to con his way in to the gates uh, but refused at every attempt. The messenger returns to offer a request to extend the ultimatum's length but as the messenger was returning through the city gates Murray and 900 Jacobite troops stormed through the gates bagpipes blaring of course and the garrison immediately surrendered. The Jacobites took the city of Edinburgh without even needing to fire a single shot. The next day, Charles rode down the streets of Edinburgh Old Town to cheers and waves from windows. This was the first time that a monarch had been in Edinburgh for many years. After a number of days, a Hanoverian force had assembled to the east of Edinburgh at Preston Pans. On the 21st of September, the two forces fought a battle. During the night, the prince was approached by a soldier who knew the area very well and advised of a hidden causeway that could lead to a surprise attack on the Hanoverians the following morning. The prince took the advice and one by one the army crept over the causeway, leading them straight to the Hanoverian position. When dawn broke, a thick Scottish mist hid the Jacobite army well, to the point that the Hanoverians thought the Jacobite army was actually a row of bushes, but suddenly those bushes started heading towards them, screaming, shouting and of course playing their bagpipes. The Hanoverians turned and fled, those that could anyway. The Hanoverian general Jonathan Cope rode all the way by horse to Berwick where he became known as the first general in history to report of his own defeat in battle. The prince then returned to his ancestral home of Holyrood Palace and wrote of his victories to his father in Rome and spent the next six weeks in Edinburgh until Charles decides it is now time to invade England. Carlyle was the first to capitulate to the Jacobites on the 17th of November. Preston and Manchester then followed and the army received a few more recruits in the latter city of Manchester. By the 5th of December, they had reached Derby, 150 miles from London, three days' march. But it is here that things start to go wrong. The Prince was informed that there had been reinforcements for the Hanoverians that had arrived in Edinburgh and had destroyed most of the city. And word had come that the Duke of Cumberland, George II's youngest son, was at the head of a 10,000-strong army headed towards them. However, unbeknownst to Charles and anyone else, it seemed, London was in panic. People were flocking to the banks to withdraw all of their money, and even George II was all packed up and ready to concede and head back to Germany had the Jacobites rode in through the gates. But it was in Derby that a council of war was held, but to the prince's fury, Lord George Murray won the argument and the Jacobites headed back to Scotland, where they arrived in Glasgow on the 25th of December, 1745. 
On the 17th of January 1746, the first battle of the year took place at Falkirk. Lord George Murray and his troops defeated a force led by General Hawley. Bonnie Prince Charlie then made his biggest mistake. Instead of listening to calls from Murray to let the army rest through the winter, the prince tried to lay siege to Stirling Castle, a venture that would waste time and resources and that would ultimately lead to the Battle of Culloden. So once again, folks, it's going to unfortunately be a a rather short episode. Uh, Again, I've been um, doing research here for about two or three hours, putting that little ten-minute story together or eight minutes long or whatever it was uh, together. So uh, I do apologise. I've just come home from work. It's 20 to 11 in the morning. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm working night shift at the moment, so... Um, my my brain's all over the place Um, but once again thank you very very much for listening next week we will be focusing on the Battle of Culloden Uh, we will be approaching the the date of that uh, in 10 days or so time so Um, what I would uh, obviously like to just remind people is that uh, for those that are new to the podcast um, please find the podcast on websites such as libsyn.com forward slash scott history pod pretty much everything that i do is under that moniker so scott history pod all one word uh, so again the website is libsyn that's l-i-b-s-y-n libsyn.com forward slash scott history pod You can also find us on Facebook. Just go to the search bar on Facebook and type in the Scottish History Podcast. Uh, Twitter, that's at Scott History Pod. I'm not so active on Twitter, but uh, the more people that that tweet me, I suppose, um, then obviously I will respond. Um, We can also be found, uh, or the podcast can be found on main uh, podcasting websites such as Spotify. Again, just go to the search bar, search the Scottish the Scottish History Podcast. Pardon me. Uh, you'll find us on Apple Podcasts. Again, search Scottish History Podcast. YouTube, the Scottish History Podcast. In the search bar, once again, um, like, share, and subscribe, and all that. Uh, but once again, I just want to uh, promote the Patreon page. Uh, the Patreon page is found at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com forward slash Scott History Pod. Um, it's as simple as that, folks. What I have done uh, for this week and uh, going forward there is I have introduced a more affordable tier uh, the uh, the standard sort of official patron or Patreon or patron or whatever is £3 a month. And uh, once again, thank you very much to those of you uh, who have signed up for that. But I've also introduced one for just simply £1 per month. Um, the reason why I've started a Patreon page is basically to help pay for the fees that it costs in order for me to produce this podcast. For example, we have advertising on Facebook, etc. I also have um, the fees that it costs to 
put this podcast to you. Um, unfortunately, it's not free to put it up on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I know that we do get about 150 listeners every single day, which is absolutely blowing my mind at this moment, at this moment in time. Obviously, I want to see that increase um, as much as possible. So, with more advertisement, etc., we can get there. Um, but it basically does cost me money in order to make this podcast. Um, I want to keep it free so that people can listen to it for free on YouTube, on Spotify and on Apple. But if you want to help, it would be very much uh, appreciated. So head over to patreon.com forward slash scotthistorypod and uh, you can uh, sign up for just £1 a month and the next tier is £3 a month. I'm not going to be asking any more than that, folks. It's just literally, if you can, um, throw a couple of pounds uh, in, in my direction. I would be very grateful, but again, you don't have to. Um, please don't think I'm selling out or anything like that. It's literally just to help pay for the fees. Once I have enough patrons who um, who are covering all the fees, I'll probably just, um, you can place a cap on how many people. So I'm not going to be using this to try and um, do this full time or anything like that. Um, although that would be fantastic, but um, if you could, please. I, I don't mean to harper on about it, but it is very greatly appreciated. And everybody's support, uh, those of you that have been messaging, emailing, and uh, and even commenting on the Facebook page uh, as well, it's greatly appreciated. Please continue to do so. Um, I want to go to bed now, so I'm going to leave it there, folks, okay? Um, so thank you very much for listening. Once again, libsyn.com forward slash scotthistorypod. Facebook, Twitter, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and, uh, and of course, the Patreon page. Uh, so once again, thank you very much, and I'll speak to you next week. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.